Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new episode of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we have actor, producer Lamar Richardson on talking about the Tony Award winning musical New York, New York. We'll talk about his other roles he's done. Later on, we'll have Jacob and Philip from Wham Wham Games talking about how you can back their Kickstarter. Plus, we'll be giving away tickets for Asteroid City. All that and more. Stand by. We're talking to if you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight listening to us on the big 550 KTRS hello to you thank you very much for tuning in we had a few texts come in on the text lines that last show was a best of neither Dan Brothers nor Dan Young could make it into the studio so to address those couple of texts that we had from the 573 and the 417 area code I apologize for not answering those texts but neither Dan was in this evening so just clearing that up a little bit of housekeeping before we begin our show uh, welcome to geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. For those of you who are watching the stream on Facebook and YouTube, hello to all of you. We have video, which means Joey V's in the house with us running the video tonight. And of course, if you're hearing us after the fact in whatever format you listen to your podcasts, we appreciate you tuning in there and listening. And hopefully you've already subscribed. Love to say five-star review. That always helps us in search engine optimization. It makes Joey V smile, which I love to see. Uh, a full show tonight. We're going to go right to our first guest. Uh, he is a, I just cleared it up before so I can I can say this, a Tony Award winning producer for the New York, New York. They took Best Scenic Design at the recent Tony's was just last week, I guess. Uh, he's done a lot of acting. Uh, we're going to get into all that and talk about uh, the upcoming Broadway Spring 24 revival of The Wiz, which has me very excited. We have Lamar Richardson. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate your time tonight on a Sunday, uh, hanging out with me on my radio show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So congratulations on the win. Uh, best scenic design from your designer, Beowulf Borat, for New York, New York. Uh, it's got it's to be, you as a producer, you pour your soul into this, and then to see it take home that win, it's got to be very gratifying. Yeah, it's, it's so gratifying. He's so deserving. That set is beautiful. I just saw the show again yesterday, and it's really a stunning set, and he's so deserving of this recognition. Now, did you attend live? Because I know some people are like, oh, I had something else going that night. I had to fly out to L.A. to do this or that. Were you in attendance uh, at the Tonys last week? Yes, I was there. I was there with bells on. <laughs> Literally with bells on. I think I would have seen you if you were wearing actual bells. The outfit would have stood out more. <laughs> yes, I was there. It was a great evening, and, and you know I'm so happy for all of the winners. It was a wonderful season of theater. 
My wife is uh, she's uh, works a little bit uh, with with musical theater stuff and things like that. That's kind of what her uh, what she does. So of course it's a watch party. She's glad that I'm out of the house on Sunday. She's like, go do your radio show. Don't come back until after the Tonys are over because I'm going to be drinking with friends and watching the Tonys. But it really is that that kind of thing where people just they gravitate to it, and it's like I've got movie friends who do the same thing with the Academy Awards. They're like, don't bug me the entire day on Sunday. How do you prepare? You're actually attending this. What do you do? Do you have a uh, little good luck rituals? Do you have anything you do when you go? Yeah, so, you know, I actually went to a, to brunch with my wife early in the day and just, you know, just really eased into it. Had a nice, just calm day, really to get centered, positive vibes just before I go to attend. So just really just not setting any expectations and not, you know, overthinking anything. And again, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with Lamar Richardson. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the acting stuff you've done because you're so young and you've done all this amazing stuff already. I feel like a complete slacker by comparison. But, I mean, you you start out in 2016. <laughs> you're you know you're you're making your regional theater debut in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which obviously I I know the movie that uh, the late Chadwick Boseman famously starred in. I was curious if you can talk a little bit about that being one of your first big roles. I guess if I, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, what the audition process would like. Did you go in specifically to read for Sylvester? Did you go in to read for, like, Cutler or someone else and get the part? How did the how did the audition process go for you on that? So, fun fact, and this is why I have to credit Felicia Rashad here. So, I didn't audition for that oh, wow. at all. Um, so, the year prior, I was doing a, a, a stage reading of a screenplay that Felicia Rashad was starring in. And I basically, it was about a, a halfway house of troubled teens and a Harvard graduate student was sent to do community service there, and she was the dean of, of, of Howard Law. And basically, I was one of the troubled teens in the school, and I had a small little part. I was initially supposed to be the lead, but I ended up getting downsized to that smaller role. And it was through her seeing what she needed to see in that character that she then offered me Sylvester for the following year. Wow. That's very cool. <laughs> no, did when when you're when you're you know tiny little Lamar growing up, did you did is acting something you always wanted to do, or did you kind of find it a little bit later on? Like some people don't get into it until college. How was your uh, journey into acting? Yeah, no, it was always something that I did. You know, I was always in church plays and things of that nature, but it was always more of like a hobby or an artistic release. It was never a formidable career path until I got to college. And then when you, you just it just fell in love with it and it took off from there or was there kind of a, were there some rocky parts? Yeah, so I mean it's funny because I had an internship at MetLife my sophomore summer, and one of my team members at the time said, "You know, you have so much personality. What are you doing working in insurance?" <laughs> <laughs> and that planted the seed for me to go down the rabbit hole of exploration. And at the time, I was on campus doing theater with the Black Theater Ensemble. And it really just was like a perfect meeting of the minds and everything just ended up happening and falling into place that way. And then to get into the, the producing side of it, my, my wife was asking me about this there and I, we were talking because we saw that um, on some of these movies or, and TV shows we watch, some of the actors are also producers. How did you get into producing? And if, for the layman people like me, uh, how, what all does that entail as a producer on something like a Broadway show? Yeah, so I mean... 
after a decade of, of solely pursuing my acting career at this point, because although Ma Rainey came in 2016, you know, I was doing background work and things of that nature starting back in 2013. So it's been a decade of truly just auditioning, waiting, booking jobs here and there, and just going down that path. But following the pandemic, I just really had this come to Jesus moment where I realized that, you know, the industry is ever evolving and I would have to take a more active part in creating a career for myself. Mm. Otherwise, you know, it would fizzle out if I'm being fully transparent. So, you know, I realized that over the years I had so, uh, a myriad of survival jobs that gave me the, t- the skill set to be able to marry my artistic sensibility with it to be able to produce. And, you know, a big part of producing is being a conductor of sorts or, you know, a bringer of people, a bringer of financing, of funding, and just really putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. And, you know, as I've seen in the past year, it's really been something that I'm actually really good at. (laughs) (laughs) That's so that, that that helps if you're good at something automatically. See, I, I can't relate to that at all, but thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you, too, about working with, with the great Andre de Shields. He just came through here. They did uh, Shakespeare in the Park here in St. Louis. He was doing King Lear. Brilliant performance. I'm not sure how, at his age, he gets around better than most people I know in their 40s, and you got to work with him on Death and the Salesman. Uh, talk a little bit about working with the great Andre de Shields, if you could. Yeah, he played Ben Lohman, and he's... He's just, uh, he's unreal. You know, he's late 70s. He's so formidable. You know, he's one of the hardest working people I, I've encountered, mm. and he's unstoppable. You know, he's not <laughs> slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it, apparently not, because we, we were all looking at each other. We went with the group, and we, you know, it's, it's Shakespeare in the Park. It's great. You go down to Forest Park, and they have this great sets that were built, and we got done. We're like, man, I'm exhausted just watching him perform. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, it's like a a, a vehemence. You know, it's yeah. just really fascinating, and he's always so present and and so grounded, like a wise sage, always imparting wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. And talk about some of the you've done uh, not just the theater stuff, but you've done TV, you've done film, and everything like that. You were in uh, uh, the uh, NBC's New Amsterdam. Uh, there was uh, Straight Up. You were in CBS's Blue Bloods, uh, Black Terror, and everything like that. When do you find as an actor professionally? I know it's different for every actor, but for you personally, do you have to kind of shift is working in TV and film exercise slightly different muscles because you have that immediacy with the audience when you're doing a stage production but do you feel more comfortable on camera or on the stage on the stage mm-hmm. you, you know it's funny because it's really the same side of the coin you know it's just you know Viola Davis and Denzel Washington gave an interview years ago when they were doing the press tour for fences and you know they talked about acting for for screen versus stage and you know something that was really profound and stuck with me is that as long as you're telling the truth that's what really matters right and you know as long as you're getting to the bottom of that scene and really just fighting for what your character wants in that moment that's the win and i mm-hmm. think that as long as you're doing that honestly whatever medium you're you're, you're doing it through it will send and reach the audience and you mentioned Viola Davis, who uh, obviously was in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that we saw in, in the theaters in 2020. Uh, I, I'm curious, there's that there's that joke that, you know, how many actors did it take to screw in a light bulb? 
five, you have one to screw it in and four, there's to smoke a cigarette and say, I could have done that better. <laughs> so when you're, when you're watching, when you're going to see the movie now, it, you know, it's four years removed when you guys did the play. Did you, obviously, I feel like doing film, they have an advantage because they can change, you know, complete settings, and everything like that. You're, I don't want to say limited when you're on stage, but when you see it after having been in the show on, you know, on stage, when you go to see it, the movie, do you have to approach it differently? Do you have to shut off part of your brain to enjoy it? Or how did the experience go for you seeing it on the big screen? You know, it's so funny because I, to this day, I still quote that play word for word. Mm. So, you know, I'm watching it and I'm, I'm hearing it and seeing us on stage as it's going simultaneously, you know, because it just lives rent free in my head. <laughs> and I had to watch it twice because the second time I had to shut that off and just really just enjoy it without line reading or anything like that like that <laughs> yeah but you know it, it, it's really the text august wilson is such a great wordsmith and you know such a rich vivid imagery that that you know he's talking about in that play in particular that i, I just love it so much and for those of you who might just now be tuning in here on 550 ktrs we're talking with Lamar Richardson about his work. Uh, I've got to ask you because I'm so excited. You guys are working on the Broadway's spring 2024 revival of The Wiz. I'm an 80s kid, so I grew up specifically remembering Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, uh, Nipsey Russell, Richard Pryor as The Wiz. Um, it, I've always got that in my head, and it's just like one of my favorite musicals is Music Man. So whenever I go see it at the Muni, I'm always got, uh, comparing it to Robert Preston and everything like that in my head. Uh, talk a little bit about the challenges of bringing this show back, having the big revival of the whiz well you know our lead producer brian moreland is doing such an amazing job with chris Kaskey and mike isaacson they're the lead producers and they are putting together such an amazing dynamic creative team you know every single department you know from the wig design to the lighting design cost i mean they're pulling film and television great i mean it's oscar and nominated emmy nominated I mean, the mm. team is just stacked and, you know, the cast is now being announced. And, you know, we have, it's crazy, you know, there's Wayne, there's Wayne Brady and there's Deborah Cox and there's Melody Betts and all of these legends, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, they're really not coming to play here. And I think that, you know, it's a whiz for the time. And it's going to be something that's never, never been seen before and reimagined in a great way. You know, Amber Ruffin is working on that book. It's, it's just going to be... Hmm. Something to see, something to behold and witness. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there for you, Lamar. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Return to Oz, so I think that should be turned into a musical with those scary wheelers and the woman who takes her head off. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, but I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> and uh, if, you, if you need a voiceover for TikTok, the Mechanical Army of Oz, I'm your guy. Let me just, just let, let me know. <laughs> And with with all the other work you've got going on, obviously you've got this you've got this uh, Tony win under your belt now. Um, not to say that what's next, because it sounds like you're very busy. But if people are kind of looking uh, to see what they can see you in next, what uh, what might you be working on that people can look for you? Yeah, so actually, so Richard Lawson has a film adaptation coming up. It's called Black Terror. And that's a film, it was just at the Cannes Film Festival recently, and, and it's going to be having its premiere here soon. I have a part in that film. And other than that, I'm auditioning, working on a few TV projects and things of that nature. So it's just, you know, the writer's strike is happening right now. Yeah. So we're all hoping that everything is done right by the WGA and we're standing in solidarity with them and looking forward to an agreement being reached so that everyone can get back to work. Um, 
and then yeah, exciting for what's what's to come after that. And maybe you can speak to this a little bit since you mentioned the writer's strike. Uh, this being, you know, but they had the Tony Awards go on during the writer's strike. I'm just curious from uh, the the you know behind the scenes thing. How did things work? Was it was it a lot of more juggling of stuff by other people, or you know, obviously the the, host, the the people who were you know presenting and the host did fantastic work because usually all that stuff is scripted out ahead of time. Um, just kind of curious from your standpoint, how did you think this year went in the middle of a writer strike? You know, I really commend the American Theater Wing and the Broadway League for being able to pull this off. You know, Ariana did a really wonderful job given the parameters of what had to be done. And I think that from an audience perspective, in, being in the room where it happened, it was very seamlessly done, all things considered. Um, I think that it was wonderful that everyone could still come together and celebrate an excellent theater season. And, you know, the Tonys are super important for our marketing efforts. And, you know, so many of these shows rely on having an audience see them to be able to become aware of them. So I think that it was really done well. You know, we were all stressed and panicked leading up to it and reading all the headlines and not knowing what to expect, but really, really, really would give tens across the board because I think that it was, it was very nicely done. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, you know, there's always something new, like the, the season when the Academy Awards, or maybe it was the Golden Globes had no host. They just had guest right. presenter every time. I kind of like something a little different. I thought, like I said, this was, I, I watched what I could here at the radio station with the sound muted most of the hour. Uh, but it was, it was, it looked like it went well. My wife said she was impressed by it. So it was, again, as you said, kudos to all involved for pulling off a successful Tony's. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really a fun time. And if people want to keep up with you, are you active on social media, Twitter and Instagram? I know you've got your website, LamarRichardson.com. We'll have a link to that in the show notes if you're listening after the fact in the podcast form. But uh, social media handles, are you very active? Yes, very active on Instagram. It's just LamarRichardson underscore. And then on Twitter, Twitter is my favorite platform. It's Lamar underscore Alfonso, A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O. Perfect. And we'll, we'll have links to those as well so you can keep up with all the stuff Lamar is doing. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday night to jump on the show with me. Continued success to you. And I would love to have you back on once The Wiz is up and running so we can discuss all of that. Yeah, I'd love to. I'll be back anytime. Thank you. It's really been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Be well. You too. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. There he goes, Lamar Richardson. Uh, that's like I said, the 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 scenery, New York, New York. If you had a, my friend went up there. He lives in New York, I should say. He went up there, and uh, Jay got to see it and said it was a brilliant show. So kudos to Lamar and everyone involved with that, and they obviously Tony Award winning for best scenic design. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Let me make sure I get the right things queued up here, and we will uh, come back in just one moment. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, this is Henry Winkler. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. We are back. Geek to Me Radio heard here on the Big 550 every Sunday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. For those of you who might be tuning in on the app or online, want to make sure we tell you about our food partner, Steve's Hot Dogs. If you guys have been down to the St. Louis City, 
uh, been to that stadium and you want to pre-order your food ahead of time so you can get your Steve's Hot Dogs, go straight to your seat. The best way to do it is go to Steve's Hot Dogs STL. Put in the code geek to me at checkout. You save $5 off your order of $25 or more. So if you've got a big group going to the game, that's going to help out. And, you know, like I said, you pre-order it, you get it right there, you go in, and you're good to go. Uh, they also, uh, you go to visit the location there on Grand. It's, uh, it's they, you can play Miss Pac-Man while you're waiting for the food. You have all the aromas hit you. They've got the bar that's open. They've got their celebrity bartenders will come in occasionally, too. He's got a list of all the updates and the uh, things that are going on each week. You can check that out and come in, get some, you know, served by someone cool while you're at the bar. And, of course, I always say the bucket of fries because I'm a fat kid. Those fries they have are the best fries in St. Louis. So if you're getting one of their choice hot dogs, you may as well get one of those big basket of fries for the table to share. Or maybe for yourself if you're not in a sharing mood. Either way, you're not going to go wrong. Steve's Hot Dogs, it's good, good food. And, again, use that coupon geek to me at checkout at Steve's Hot Dogs STL. That way, if you want to order from Grubhub or, you know, if you want to have it brought into your house, you're saving some money, your wallet and your tummy will thank me. Again, Steve's Hot Dogs STL.com. Very glad to have them as our food partner. And that coupon code is going to go away here at the end of the month, folks. So use it now. Geek to me at checkout. Steve's Hot Dogs STL. Dot com. I want to mention very quickly, we've got pairs of tickets for Asteroid City. I, I see you in the chats. We've got Ch- Chance in Atlanta. These won't help you, unfortunately, my friend, because the tickets are only for the St. Louis area. Uh, but I see David is in the chat from St. Louis. If you're listening and would, you would like a pair of tickets to go see Asteroid City here in the greater St. Louis area, here's all you need to do. We've got the KTRS text lines, 84126. All you have to do is text me the name of your favorite Wes Anderson movie. The first eight people to text me the name of their favorite Wes Anderson movie at 84126. We will take note of your phone number. We'll get back to you to get your address, and we'll send those tickets out for a a pair of tickets so you can take a friend with you to go see Asteroid City at a theater here in the greater St. Louis area. Marcus Theater, as Joey puts a reminder up there for me. Thank you, Joey. It's a Marcus Theater that you will go see Asteroid City. With that all said, we've got the housekeeping out of the way. We're in studio. We've got people who actually came to see me. I'm so excited. We've got Phil and Jacob from Wham Wham Games talking about their Kickstarter for their brand new game, Shiner, the Prohibition Moonshine game. And we're going to be demonstrating that as well as their game that's out now, Turn for the Worst. Guys, thanks for coming in the studio tonight. Thanks so much for having us, James. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. It's not often we get company. Usually, it's just me and Joey. And Joey's like, I wish you'd bring other people in. So this is nice for him too. So <laughs> we're we're excited to hang out with Joey as well. And he's a very cool guy. Yeah. That's my my highlight of my week. So, Absolutely. Um, talk to start out. Talk a little bit about. Tell people what Wham Wham Games. Uh, how it started. Wh- what where it came from and all that. Uh, yeah. So. Um... I mean, we've loved games forever. We're brothers. Uh, not a lot of people see that right away. Normally, we're matching shirts. That helps. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we like to do things together for our birthday. And one year, we decided to go to Gen Con, which is a big national board gaming convention. We had a blast, and we just saw a ma- lot of amazing games, but also a lot of kind of mediocre ones. And uh, on the car ride home, we were just thinking, like, we, we could do that. Let's make a game. And we started out just being something we did for fun, and then, you know, COVID hit, and that meant we had nothing else to do. So right. we just really dove into making things. Uh, and the first game that we made isn't out yet, but was really good. And like all of our playtesters loved it. And we thought maybe this is something we could actually do. Uh, and so that led us to making Wham Wham Games as a company. And our, our first game that came out was Turn for the Worst. It's a Rummy-style hot dog game. We might play that a little bit today. Uh, it's been getting really good reviews, and people are loving it. And we're just having a blast making games. Yeah. 
Well, and of course, Turn for the Worst um, was a clue on Jeopardy on May That's 16th. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it caught us by surprise. We didn't really know that it was coming, but you know, we were thankful for the writer's strike, for people being able to go out. And, right. uh, and obviously, we're not thankful for the writer's strike, but um, <laughs> well, we're thankful. If you're listening, they were kidding. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> no, we're, we were thankful that we were able to be found because we're, we're pretty sure that the twist and turn categories, there's plenty of other turn opportunities, but we're, we're super happy that our game got displayed. And, you know, ever since that has happened, it's really helped us get more people to play our game, which has not only increased our scores for our reviews and things like that, but it's also just brought a lot of smiles to our faces watching other people have fun playing our games. So, And Jake, you, Jacob, Jacob, I'm Jake, Jacob, does it matter? I just realized I you said Jacob, I should <laughs> not abbreviate it. My apologies. No, no it's okay. Um, Jacob, we <laughs> talked, we talked a few weeks ago and you said after that thing came out, you guys did an article in the RFT and the ga- the sales for this just took off. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we were selling a few copies a month on Amazon and online, and we were, we were actually doing really well at the, the conferences around the St. Louis market, as well as going to things like the Tower Grove Farmers mm-hmm. Market to push our games. Um, but we went from selling a couple copies to, uh, I don't know, 10 times the amount. Yeah, our, on, online, our on, online sales just yeah, took it, off. It's just, it's been booming. We've had to resupply our, our, our uh, fulfillment warehouse twice now. Um, and it's been great too, because we've been seeing people playing our games in other places and, um, hearing people talk about our game and it really is a a fun game to, to kind of get people into some of the more complicated board games and card games that are out there as well, especially being a Rummy style game. So it's easy for people to pick up, which is always fun. And for those of you who are listening also, obviously, because they're in studio with me, they're here in St. Louis. So if you're local, this is a local company and we always talk about, you know, supporting local and doing the small business thing. So they've got a kick starter out and this is where you the audience come in uh the kickstarter and we've we've you know a lot of great products comic book creators have been going to kickstarter to launch their things people doing games independent films and things like that have been taking off on kickstarter it's really changed no pun intended the game yeah so if you either one of you want to talk a little bit about the kickstarter for the new game yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our, our second game, which is on Kickstarter right now, as you just said, uh, is called Shiner. So it's a Prohibition-era moonshining game. Uh, the goal is to make as much moonshine as possible in a five-card poker hand. And so it's a real quick micro game. It's an 18-card game, the premise being as much gameplay as possible in just 18 cards. Hmm. Uh, and it all just kind of started as a, a thought exercise for us. We're just like, that seems fun. Let's see what we can do with it. Uh, and then we sent off to some artists, and the, the artists that got stuff back to us just blew us away. Uh, just made a really beautiful game. I've always said, like, you know, you can have a good game with bad art, but you can't have a great game unless you have great art. Yeah. And I think it's the art that really, you know, is going to push and sell this one forward. It's just 18 cards, but each card is just just beautiful, beautiful artwork. I don't know if the camera can see my cards. If I Yeah, the camera's on you both, so if you want to hold one here up. Here at all, up yeah. yeah, let me get to a good-looking one then. Not that they're not all good but, uh, <laughs> but, like, different character cards that are all moonshining era kind oh, nice. of things. Going through there. So they've got that art deco look, the yeah. neo-noir art style is kind of what we're going for. Is that visible there? Is that yeah, I can see. There's a little, little close. closer. Yeah, oh, they're right up there. Gonna hold yeah. them up. Those are our cards. And even like the back of the card has just, you know, really yeah. beautiful artwork and really just great stuff on that. Yeah. And for people who are interested in quality, this is this is our printed home version. So we don't have any of the physical copies from our manufacturer yet, but um, all of the gold will be foiled and 350 GSM black cardstock, if that means anything to anyone. So it's a really nice, <laughs> really nice, thick, um, heavy cards. So it's going to be a very, very beautiful game when it comes out. 
Um, but it's it's also one of those games where uh, anyone can play it and they can win playing it. Um, but as you play it longer and as you play it more, you'll start to come up with more strategies to be able to push points and then steal them or all that fun stuff as well. And we'll get a chance to play with some of the some of the rounds with you as yeah. well. And we have Amy Robertson in the chat says, we proudly display our autographed copy of Turn for the Worst. <laughs> it is a super fun game. So thank you for that, Amy. Uh, so I, I'm assuming Amy's going to jump in on the Kickstarter too, probably. Um, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> and and if, uh, it's one of those games too, like you gave very kindly gave me a copy. My wife and I started to play it and it's, it's such a fun game. It's one of those things like if you're a gaming novice, you don't have to be an expert. Joey, we were all talking here in the studio before the show started. It's like some people are like, eh, I'm not really a big gaming guy. There's a lot of rules, but it's a simple turn for the worst is a simple game to play. It's not complicated. Absolutely. The, if you've ever played a hand of rummy or gin, really the only trick that you're going to have to pick up on is you draw two instead of drawing one. Aside from that, you're still working towards completing certain sets or runs within the game. And um, the artwork is also very, very fun with it as well. Um, if you get a chance to check out some of the artwork that's on our website or on um, on the Amazon site as well. It's it's very uh, Exploding Kittens-like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not as good as the oatmeal artists that are out there, but, you know, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And it is a St. Louis artist. So um, oh, a guy that we went to high school with, his name's Mike Shaw. Um, I believe he works out at Enterprise. Oh, nice. okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a close friend of ours, and he did the art, and he's got his own um, Schmo comics on Facebook, if oh. you want to check that out as well. Nice. But uh, St. Louis has such a great art scene, especially for... Um, graphic artists and um, designers. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of different game companies that are here. Um, a lot of the people that play a lot of games don't know that a lot of these games are actually either shipped to St. Louis and through a publisher here or designed and made here as well. So, um, you know, Sentinels of the Multiverse, obviously, with Great Northern Games, if you're a big gamer. Um, Gray Fox Games is here, which is a lot of fun. They have some really great um games that they've designed and that have uh, been successful on Kickstarter. Um, or if you're into organization for your games, Game Trays is here in St. Louis as well. Hmm. Um, so if you have games like uh, Settlers of Catan or a Ticket to Ride and you need some better way to organize that stuff, they're great for that as well. And they're all here. Um, and you'll see them at the Geekway conventions and some of the other ones around the area as well. So There was just an anime convention in St. Charles couple months ago i think do you when when you i know you set because i've got pictures of you set up at games at uh, at conventions and everything like that do you do well at the conventions or is it kind of like depend on the convention and it doesn't does it affect your sales once you've gone to a convention you see a bump so if it's our first time there we usually do pretty well um just because it's a new game uh and new designer and something that they haven't seen before but um you know we actually do fairly well at at our local convention mm -hmm. geekway to the west which uh, happens i think it's the second week or the third week in may every year um and it's right up here right out off of the st charles convention center yeah that's right, um yeah. we've we've done things like uh sin city con and cincinnati um usually those are more about us getting out there and meeting the people that we want to play our games yeah, sure. um, but we usually cover our cover our costs so conventions i think depend are dependent on how many um copies you have mm -hmm. uh or how many varied copies you have right so we only have turned for the worst for our first few conventions and now that we'll have shiner and some of the other ones we're getting more uh traction within those those different conventions so um but 
we actually do really well at farmers markets um, oh, cool. in the St. Louis market. Yeah, um, it was it was always a strategy for us launching kind of a guerrilla way to get our games out there, and um, you know we're demoing it for. 700 to a few thousand people if you go to the tower grow farmers market yeah uh, when we when we do those as well so um and then we have a few conventions coming up um we're going to be at tremendicon down in springfield missouri um at the beginning of july july 7th through the 9th yeah and that one we're actually going to be presenting at the game design track so if there are amateur game designers who aren't signed up yet for tremendicon there are still tickets if we'll be there to help people out they do a game design competition uh we're going to be leading a couple of sessions about just our style of game design as well as we're going to do one of designing a game in an hour, which is wow. considering like Shiner took a year to put together <laughs> and, it's our, and it's our smallest game. I think working on it for an hour might be kind of a stretch, but it'll be collaborative though. Together. So yeah. we're getting, okay. we're it's, it's the panels down to tremendous count are all about teaching people how to do stuff. Or if you've done it, talk about all the mistakes that you've made in the process yeah. as well. Um, and we've certainly done that. Um, it's, it's definitely been a, a fun process, but you know, we've also, you know, missed the mark on a few game designs. <laughs> um, we've been told about it as well. So it's, it's, it's a living process. A game that you start this year might not be finished for another seven years, but it's one of those things that just kind of stays in the back of your yeah. head, which is always fun. Yeah, and I've talked to writers and directors who are the same way. They've got an idea for a movie, and the idea started 20 years ago, and they're just now getting it made or something because it's like it had to have the right element, something finally synced up. So I same with games. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Say the first game we started working on is not ready, mm-hmm. and I don't think it will be anytime soon. It's it's a great game, but it, you get so attached to something that you've poured your sweat and your tears into, it's hard to throw it out to the public until it's perfect. Right. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Unlike this radio show, I throw this up every week. We don't even, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, if you're listening right now, we're talking to Jacob and Phil from Wham Wham Games. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. And we'll talk more with them. We'll get into some gameplay. If you're watching on the stream, stay watching. We'll uh, demonstrate Shiner, and we'll also demonstrate Turn for the Worst, so you get an idea how these games work. Make sure you help them and back the Kickstarter. We'll have a link to that as well. If you're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS, please stand by. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. Geeks Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. Before we get back to Wham Wham Games, I want to tell you about our official comic book sponsor. But I'm looking at the wrong camera now. Bugs Comics and Games. We moved the camera for the purposes of the uh, upcoming demonstration. Bugs Comics and Games on Bryan Road in O'Fallon. I was just out there for New Comic Book Day, which is one of my favorite days of the week. Uh, if you go out and see Larry at Bugs Comics and Games, if you are looking to get back into collecting, maybe back for a while, maybe you just saw Into the Spider-Verse or you just saw The Flash and you're like, whoa, I want to see what these comics are. He'll have comics. Larry probably has the first appearance of The Spot or he'll have like the first appearance of Bart Allen from The Flash series by Mark Wade. If you're looking for that, he'll be able to tell you, well, here's what you might like then. It's like having your own personal comic concierge, as I've said before. And you can also give their Facebook page a like, facebook.com slash Bugs Comics and Games. Please give their page a like, and uh, that will make Larry happy. But if you're looking to buy, if you're looking to sell, if you want to sell a collection, Larry's a good person to talk to because he just there was a woman there brought in a big tote of 1950s-era Western comic books. And Larry would mean, oh, yeah, these. He knows, he knows what they are. He's done this for a long time and uh, gave the woman cash right there. She walked out very happily. So if you're looking to sell some comics, Larry might be the guy to talk to for that, too. And... 
If you're a collector like me who has to have your fix every single week, join the Avengers Club because you're going to start saving money every week. If you buy your comics, if you buy your bags and your backboards and things like that. Larry makes fun of me because I buy Golden Age backboards and I cut them down to fit in the Silver Age bags because I want them to have that nice... There's no, just how there's no gap. I'm weird, but Larry gets a kick out of it, but he'll still, he, he, he just goes along with it. Uh, so you can get your bags, your boards, your action figures, whatever it might be that you want, and save money while you're doing it if you join the Avengers Club. Once again, Bugs Comics on, Bugs Comics on, get Bugs Comics and Games on Brian Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. Go check them out and tell them you heard about it on geek to me Radio. We are in studio still with... Jacob and Phil is it? It's Phil. I didn't say fill up. You introduced yourself as Phil, so I'm okay with that, right? Yes. Okay. Phil. All right. Um, so we're going to demonstrate. What, what are we going to do first? Are we going to do Shiner or Turn for the Worst? Well, you know Turn for the Worst, so maybe we should do that one first. Okay, I'm going to watch because I don't. Can you okay. guys play together, or is Joey playing? Who's just the two of you? Um, if for Shiner, we might want to bring Joey in, but okay. for Turn for the Worst, we can just play a quick hand, okay, real yeah. quick. And he's uh, Joey's got the. It looks like I can see the playing field there. You're getting a good view of the KTRS studio right now. This is the this is the John Carney studio, folks. For those of you who are watching, um, so go go ahead and uh, go through a round of Turn for the Worst. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're going to start with is you're going to start with some recipe cards, um, which look like Grandma's recipe. Uh, box and you're going to pick one to discard and then you're going to keep the other three and those are going to be the three cards that you're going after in the game okay or or three recipes that you're trying to complete and each recipe has a group of individual ingredients that you're going to be pushing uh trying to put together so um the last person to eat a hot dog would go first so one for lunch okay Now, let me ask you, before, as you're going through here, I'm going to throw out little questions. For Absolutely. You, Mike, because as, as I was going through this, I had questions. Is there a strategy to throwing out a certain recipe card? Is it based on the cards, the ingredients you've already got in your hand, that you don't have enough and you might want to throw one of those other recipe cards out? That, that's why I threw mine out. Not so much the ingredients are in my hand, but I had two different recipes that used the same ingredients uh, okay. in different combinations. And so I didn't want to get stuck looking for something that I wasn't going to be able to pick up in the end. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So you've just played. That was your first move. Yeah. So you I, the I drew two something. and then discard one card into the discard pile. Okay. Absolutely. Not anything to play yet. It, it can also just be your play style as well. There's so many different play styles within this game where you can easily, um, you can easily go after three of a kind if you're going after those and you can just go points after points after points. Um, if you don't like having to go after larger point recipes where mm-hmm. there's more um, ingredients involved, right, to be able to get to it or more variance in the ingredients. Um, so when that's going on, sometimes I just get rid of the higher points ones to start because I can always go back and pick that up in, from the community pile later if I end up having those as well. Now, in, in you're playing rummy, you've got the community pile, and you can go back, depending on which style of rummy you're playing, you can go back and pick out a bunch. You have to use all those that you've taken. Like, if you wanted that one that's on the bottom there. The pepper. Yeah, yeah. if you wanted to grab that, you have to go, then you've got to play all the other ones, too. So you're kind yeah. of making the game harder for yourself? You just have to play whatever the bottom most card that you go to is. Okay. Everything okay. else can sit in your hand. Okay. But if you're going to pick up from the discard pile, you have to be able to play whatever you have drawn down to get okay perfect get rid of that one for you now when you as you're going through too this isn't like rummy where you're trying to go out before the other person is that the is that the for those people who are watching everything like that yeah so within the rummy rules obviously you're trying to score points and go out before the other person within this you can you can go through and um, try to be the first one out or you can try to score the most points you're going to reduce your point total by one for every card that you have left in your hand, whether that's okay. a recipe or an ingredient. So as you're going through the process and 
drawing and building out your hands and completing recipes for the game. Um, sorry, it's hard to talk while I'm playing at the same time sometimes. Um, so as you're going through and trying to, to complete those recipes, I like to just go for points. So if there's three points on the board, I'm just going to go for it Okay. Um, in the process. And, you know, I might have 30 points that are out here, but, uh, you know, have a reduction of 14 in my hand. Right. I may okay. not win, but I'm at least going to be continuing to score points and put pressure on him as we're playing it through. Of course, we're very competitive when we play against each other. When <laughs> well, we're brothers, teaching. Yeah, nothing less. yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we're teaching the game, we try to kind of pull that throttle back. Um, okay. But of course, we learned how to play cards from our grandmother, who was a card shark. Oh, um, right. or at least never, never official, but she would beat us completely in any Ooh. game, whether it's Yahtzee or Jin or um, Sequence was another big favorite mm. of hers. So um, we really learned how to play games from our family. Um, our mother was a teacher and she used to use games to help teach us as oh, well in the process. And she did that while she was at the two schools that she taught at before she retired. Very cool. Yeah. I'm just so. trying to monitor the chats too. I, if, if any of you have uh, any questions about the gameplay as you're watching it, I'm going to try to watch the game and monitor the chats. Um, David said, I filmed the Kickstarter video for Shiner and he has a copy of Turn for the Worst um, and, and some tasty whiskey. So good for you. He's, he's, got, he's one up on me. I'm drinking just Dr. Pepper tonight, but that's all right. Thanks, um, David. Uh, so, okay. So as you're going through, I'm kind of watch the uh, gameplay as well. So go, feel free to talk about the, the, uh, the turns you're taking. Like if you have a strategy, why you just discarded what you discarded or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we're, we're kind of running up against something where I think we're going after the same uh, ingredients. Oh. So when when that is happening, I have to be very very mindful of what I'm putting down <laughs> out there. Um, so I need to actually draw two again since we're going after the same stuff. Sometimes it's a big deck. It's there's 140 something cards and 120 the, condiment cards and then 24 different recipes. Yeah. So you have 10 of each con or 12 of each condiment um, that are out there. And sometimes. When you do a bad shuffle, like I usually do, um, <laughs> the the one card that you're looking for isn't showing up in your your discard process. Mm. So I'm, I'm like 80 percent sure the cards that we need are sitting over there that Joey's looking at right now. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joey's sabotaging the game, folks. For those of you just I now tuning in, don't know if it was intentional or not, but it feels intentional, and I'm hurt by it. Uh, I do see pickles and ketchup on Joey's side of the uh, console. Ah, yep, that's where they're sitting. All right. Um, so, you know, a lot of our intentionality when we're designing games is to make them as accessible as possible. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about this, about having games that are good intro games to gaming, but also like this game can easily be played recipes face up with a kid who's just learning how to read Yeah, because all the characters are very obvious. They're very clear what they're meant to be. Uh, We just really want accessibility and we really want people to feel comfortable playing Mm -hmm. games. Same thing when you get to Shiner, it takes elements of things that people already know. And it puts them together into something new to make a fun game. That's how my grandma and grandpa, because I would when they babysit, I, they taught me how to play rummy. We played it open faced, and every time I passed up a card or an, an ace or a face card, my grandpa would smack me in the knuckles <laughs> with a large ruler. So <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. That's totally made up. In case mom's listening, I was kidding, mom. <laughs> um, so get, this is just one round you're doing right now, and yep. it's probably because uh, Joey sabotaged the game, which is why, does it normally go on this long, the first round, or is it normally quicker? Normally it's a lot faster. I think that we just pulled the cards out to show Joey some of the stuff, and now it's sitting over there. But um, typically the round takes about 10 to 15 minutes okay. if you're playing two-player, um, and it can go from 
you know, I've, I've played this before and I completed two recipes just in my initial hand and that okay. would go out very quickly. Wow. So um, you, rounds can take as short as two or three minutes and they can go as long as 20 minutes, um, depending on how competitive and whether or not we're actually paying attention to what each other's putting down and picking up. <laughs> I know, I'm having you, um, you talk to me. And yeah, ever, absolutely. Now, Joey, did you intentionally sabotage this game for the purpose of the show? You know, I'm running video over here That's and they true. asked me to play, so I am completely distracted <laughs> and the artwork is so good. I'm looking at an SNL sketch right now on one of my cards. 100% actually, yeah. We've got the pepper card, mm-hmm. and we've got DeBears right there. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at George Wint. I'm looking at uh, Chris Farley here. And, <laughs> and I just got distracted. See? And I'm loving this mustard of him just gagging on a hot dog, and his eyeballs are popping out like he's going to puke all over oh, his apron. Poor mustard. Oh. So sad. And this, okay. this great cheese, he's got a grater on his head, and he's just... I guess that's his scalp. He's his skin is coming off <laughs> into a salad. So I, I love this artwork so much. My goodness! Now, is this is the same artist on this. Did you use a different one for Shiner? We did use a different one from Sh- for Shiner. So um, you know, our our buddy just did this part time. You know, okay. he he has a little bit of free time, and so he over I want to p- say a period of six or seven months, he completed all the artwork and did all the graphic design for us, and we weren't really pushing or rushing or anything like that. But once we decided that we wanted to do Shiner and we wanted to make that our next game that we're going to push out and publish, um, we kind of started reaching out to other artists online and across the board, and we found a great one in Italy, actually. So oh, nice. yeah, um, Italian mustard. You have to yeah, do a great yeah, exactly. Edition of term for the worst. <laughs> exactly. So our <laughs> our uh, our artist. For the neo noir character characters within um, Shiner is is actually based out of Italy, and then Very our cool. graphic designer is actually somebody I used to work with back when I had a corporate job, hmm. um, and he works out in California. So um, great guy, but he doesn't want me telling his name because he has another full time job. I understand. <laughs> um, we've got about nine minutes left, so what I'm going to do because uh, for those of you who are watching, I just double checked if there aren't any new questions. Joey's got the picture up for. Shiner, we're going to come back. We're going to take a break. We're going to reset. We're going to come right back and we're going to do a quick walkthrough of Shiner and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, again, we've only got one winner so far for our Asteroid City tickets giveaway. Again, just text me 84126. Just text me the name of your favorite Wes Anderson movie. I will get your information. We'll send you a pair of tickets to go see. The new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City, here at a local Marcus Theater in St. Louis. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Kick back with your favorite British TV. Escape with Britain's best series, only on BritBox. Don't miss new and exclusive releases, including BritBox original drama Stonehouse, starring Succession's Matthew McFadden. It's Stonehouse, John Stonehouse. Follow the unbelievable true story of the British politician who faked his own death. I deny those allegations in the strongest possible terms. Succession's Matthew McFadden stars in BritBox's new original drama, Stonehouse. Stream this and more at BritBox.com. Now on Paramount Network, from Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. E.J. Dunn. The hit series, 1883, a Yellowstone origin story. I won't risk my family. Maybe someday you find land to belong to. Watch every episode on Paramount Network in the must-see summer event. You're going to get them all killed. Where are we going? Montana, honey. 1883, full series network premiere, starts tonight at 8 on Paramount Network. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. 
With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. Hi, this is Charles Martinet, Super Mario, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back. Wrapping up the hour here on Geeks Me Radio, I want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you're a listener to the show for a long time, you know the website I'm about to say, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. When I first launched the show in 2016, they were immediately said, yes, let's let's do this. Uh, they've been with me ever since, and they're a great, great partner to be with. If you've not been out there to do anything lately, if you want to get out of the house now that, I mean, we're so lucky right now. This has been probably the nicest weather for June that I can remember. It's not been too hot. We had a little bit of rain today, but if you want to get out and enjoy this weather, no better place to do it than downtown St. Charles right there. You can bike ride the Katy Trail. Don't have a bike? You can rent one from the Bike Stop Cafe. You can go out and hang out, play Frisbee. You can play Ultimate Frisbee. You can take the dog for a walk. You can hike. You can just walk up and down the street. You can grab some great food. You can go to some great shops all along North and South Maine. And as we talked about in the beginning of the show, that's all made up of these small businesses. And in this economy, it's never been more important to support these small local businesses. If you are from out of town, like uh, my first guest, Mr. Lamar Richardson, you might want to plan a trip. Maybe you're wanting to get out and see something new after you've won a Tony Award for your musical. You might want to come and visit St. Charles. So check it out. Whether you're out of town or you're here locally and just haven't been across the bridge for a while, start at the website to plan your trip, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As I always say, it's an historically good time. We are still live for the next five minutes or so with our friends Phil and Jacob from Wham Wham Games. They did a demonstration of Turn for the Worst, and now this is their brand new one. If you liked Turn for the Worst, you want to get in and back their next game, the Kickstarter is now active and live. There's a link in the show notes. We're going to see a demonstration of their new game, Shiner. You had me at Moonshine, but uh, but for everyone else who might want to actually play the game, go ahead and talk about how this one works. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll teach Joey as we're going through. Uh, just make a hand for him as we're going along. Okay. Um, so this is the initial setup. You have two cards face up, and the rest of your deck is face down, and then you're just going to draft whether you want to take the up cards or the face down cards, and we'll go through this process real fast, and then we'll go into the... The cook, as we call it, okay. um, within the rules. Just so you know what you're looking for, Joey, your goal is to either make as much moonshine as possible, or you've got a couple of special hands there in front of you that you can chase after to try and screw with Jake or I over. Uh, so that's your plan on that. And we're just going to do that by collecting cards really quickly. If you take a face-up card, we'll replace it, or you can go for a face-down card if you don't want us to know what you've got. I've, I'm a huge nerd, and so I always like to know every little thing about a game possible. The beauty of this game, it's only 18 cards. So you don't have to keep track of that much. Uh, but you can go ahead and go first. You can take face up, face down card, your call. You'll start it, and then we'll go clockwise around. Joey takes a face down choice. card. And they each take a face down card as well. I feel like cool, I'm going to watch the stream over there. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's background to you again already, Joe. So right. We're going to keep doing this until we have five cards in our hand. That'll leave three cards left on the table. And those three cards left on the table will be blind. And we will chase after them in just a little bit. So the different cards you can get going after this is uh, your mash, which is what you would make moonshine out of, right? And you have in to this tell situation, me. Uh, you're glad to know. Uh, <laughs> in this situation, the, the various mashes are potato, corn, or fruit, as those were the three most popular moonshine. There, there are also cooks, which multiply your score. Federal agents, which divide your score, make it worse. Uh, muscle, which will 
you can use to counteract a fed in your hand or transportation, which are used for the special hands that you can go after okay. in that situation. All right, and this should be our fifth card each going around here. That art is so cool. You know, I've, I've said it already, but it's the art that makes a game go from good to great. Mm. And when we were first making this, people were having fun with it. But once we got that first image back, the first really beautiful image back, that's kind of what sold it for us. So the next set of the game, now that we've collected our cards, is uh, we'll do up to five rounds of stealing, swapping, or passing. So how that works, if you want to steal from one of us, Joey, you take a card out of your hand, you put it face down in front of one of us, and you blind draw from our hand. But you cannot pass us a federal agent. So if you've got a Fed card, you can't give that to us. What you can do with that is you can swap it with one of the three face-down cards in the middle, which none of us know what those are. Or so based can, on previous history, Joey might choose to sabotage. We'll see how this absolutely. goes. Absolutely. You could chase after them. Or you could just say pass. And that is just a pass for that round. It's not a pass for the whole game. But if there's ever a round where all three of us pass in a row, that will end. We call this part of the game the cook. Uh, I'm actually going to pass on my first round. Not good. And I hate to rush, but we've got one minute okay. left. I'm so sorry. I it's wish we had. Oh, no, no, it's we okay. Need, we need a second hour so I can <laughs> we could get into this even more. I love the black and white art that has got the color accents on it. It's just making me think of like how much uh, Frank Miller did with black yeah, and white yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. He was actually he was that was some of the inspiration, inspiration for us. And when we do get the final hands, so we would do this. We'd pass and swap around. When we get to the end, it's kind of like poker. We'd show our hands and score them up from there. Uh, and that would end the game. I, I know we don't really have time to go through the stealing and swapping four more times around, um, but we'd go on that. Uh, yeah, I love that you like the p color pops on there, especially once we get the final copies with that gold foil going around the outside. They're going to look really classy cards. I've had a couple people tell me uh, on our Kickstarter that they backed it for two copies, and you can put two copies together to play more people. Oh, nice. But they backed it for two copies just so they could put one up. Oh, that's, thank you guys so much. This is so cool. Yeah, this has been great. And we're, we're, we're playing the outro music. So really quick, tell people where they can find you. We'll have the link to the Kickstarter where people can find you online, social media handles, websites. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whamwamgames.com. That's W-A-M-W-A-M games. Uh, and that's we're the same thing on all the social medias. Just W-A-M-W-A-M games and you'll find us on there. Or if you go to our website, there's links to and Turn for the Worst is for sale on Amazon as well as Shiner on Kickstarter. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes for the uh, Amazon as well for the uh, Turn for the Worst. Awesome. And support your local game stores. Turn for the Worst is also at uh, Wizard Wagon, Fortuna Games, and we're working on a few other ones. So. And if we're not in a local game store, ask about us. That's exactly right. The, the, you're, you're voting with your dollars, people, so make it happen. Thank you both for coming into the studio. I appreciate it. Thank you to Lamar Richardson for coming on the phone to talk about his work acting and producing. Thank you to Joey V. Turn the camera on so they can see you. This is why I always do it on the camera. You can <laughs> Thank you. Until next week, my friends. Thank you, New York City. Good night. Hey, kids. Are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser.
bit.ly slash geek to me. bit.ly slash geek to me.